Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss. I'm joined by Jonathan Fadugba. This Swedish season has now finished, and we're just one round away from the Elite Serien um, on its end game as well. So, Jonathan, how are you doing today, my friend? Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. Yes, uh, nice to be back. We've had a crazy end to the season in in, in Sweden, which we're going to discuss in due course. And of course, uh, from what I can see, there's been a bit of crazy times in Norway as well, hasn't there? So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about on this show and uh, we're getting towards the end of the year now. So coming towards this season's finale, aren't we, of the, of the podcast for this year? So good to be with you, my friend. Now, how are you feeling? Well, I'm a bit better than last week. I'm still a bit under the weather. Got some uh, sinus and ear problems now, of all things. But um, I've, not only, I've not been myself for like three and a half weeks, you know, Jonathan. I've just, um, and I must say thanks to anyone. There was a few comments last week asking how, you know, wishing me uh, to get well uh, very soon. So I appreciate that from all you listeners, but um, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing. I'm, I'm better than I was, and uh, you know, if I still sound a little bit rough, and that's the reason why. But um, certainly raring to go again. And uh, well, we're going to have to start, aren't we? In the in the Arsvensk in the final round, and it was it was actually pretty dramatic, wasn't it? You know, it was uh, plenty of action going up bottom of the table, top of the table, and um, you know, it literally went right down to the final whistle. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a mad ending, really. Um, mad ending. It was, it was a strange sort of round because um, kind of in some games there was just nothing going on at all. Well, not nothing going on, but, you know, it was kind of like low drama and then little bits of drama here and there. So it was, you know, you kind of had to keep your eye on it. Obviously, I was, we were covering it um, on the day on, on, on Twitter at Nordic Footpod. Um, you know, going into the game, as we talked about on last week's show, you knew that Malmo uh, just needed a point to, to win the league. And of course, if they lost uh, home to Halmstad, then uh, AIK could sneak in there and, and win the title. Um, didn't get off to the best of starts, AIK, but uh, yeah, the headline is Malmo are champions, of course. They they did it, but not in a convincing way, really. Nil-nil draw at home to Halmstad. I did say to you last week, Steve, that I just fancied Halmstad to do something. Um, but ultimately, yeah, not not enough. Uh, they've done, you know, to be honest, to go to to go to the best team in the league and, and get a, you know, get a nil-nil draw is a massive achievement on the final day of the season when, you know, that team kind of needs something. But um, at the same time, it was just wasn't enough for them. So, uh, yeah, it was settled in, in at both ends of the table. Malmo win the title on goal difference. Incredible. Uh, just by five goals, basically. Their goal difference is plus 30. Uh, sorry, their goal difference is plus 28. And uh, ARK's is plus 20. So by eight goals, level on points, 59 points each. And uh, Halmstad, it was confirmed, obviously, on the back of that uh, result, they go into the uh, relegation playoff where they will play Helsingborg. So, yeah, cra- a crazy day. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about AIK in a minute, what happened in that game. That was, that was pretty mad as well. But, um, yeah, and, and unfortunately, just in terms of uh, Halmstad, we'll talk about it in a minute as well, Degafors, uh managed to get a late goal against Ostersunds away, 87th minute. To keep to get them out of it and keep them in Osvenskan. So yeah, I mean, if they hadn't have got those extra two points, they would have gone into the relegation playoff and Hamster would have been safe. So yeah, crazy, you know, things going on both top end and the bottom end of the table. But the the headline act, as I said, Malmo FF champions again. Massive congratulations to Malmo. Yes, congratulations to Malmo. I'm just gonna list the results from the final round. Uh, AIK four, Sirius two. Uh, Hecken nil, Jorgarten one, Hammerby five, Kalmar three. That was a wild one. Malmo nil, Halmstad nil, Norshipping one, FK Gothenburg two, Urubro two, Elfsborg three, 
Ostersund nil, Degafor one, and Varberg nil. Mialbi three. Now, obviously, let's start in. Uh, in, let's start in, in, in Stockholm, actually, because everyone was expecting AIK to easily win this game. Uh, but they actually fell 2-0 two, two down very early on in this in this match. It reminded me a little bit how Jürgen fell behind against uh, Varberg uh, the week before. The difference on this occasion was AIK seemed to have the, the offensive strength and a better sort of plan to come back into the game. Um, and they actually did well, didn't they, to turn this match around in the end. Yeah, they did well. I mean, it was a crazy, you know, they they, they started terribly, didn't they? Um, and this is the thing with the AIK. I mean, they, they, they knew that it wasn't in their hands. They needed they needed a win uh, for Halmstad, which is always probably stretching it, let's be honest, you know, top of the table against one of them in the bottom three. I mean, Malmo couldn't really ask for a better fixture, uh, if we're honest about it, um, especially a team that's so low scoring, you know, that one thing you knew probably was that they weren't going to concede any goals. Um but it was could could Hamstad get a goal to sort of uh, do AIK a favour and, and get them the title? Of course, uh, Varberg had already, you know, the AIK fans had already paid for Varberg's massive party. I think they would have paid ten times that if uh, if Hamstad could have got a result. But they couldn't even get their own house in order, and obviously went two 0 down. Adam Stahl, thirteenth minute, Christian Kawaku, who by the way has had a really good season. Uh, we might talk about him in a minute. Um, yeah, he, he made it 2-0 in the 21st minute. And you thought to yourself, wow, AIK have absolutely bottled this. Just like we've seen all season, haven't we? We've seen Eurogarden bottle things. We've seen teams not really take advantage when they, they can. Like the, you know, whenever it seems like they're going to win the league, they drop points. Even Malmo, you can include in that. Uh, you know, it's not been a vintage season for them, really, in terms of results-wise. They haven't been that convincing when when it's time to get the job done. Um, but yeah, AIK, to their credit, turned things around. Uh, Nicholas Stefanelli scored two goals before half-time, so that really eased the pressure. They missed some big chances as well. Um, you know, there was one or two really good chances. They had a one-on-one -on -one at one point where you, you know, it was saved by the keeper, should have scored really. And you could see the pressure was on. Um, AIK fans were, you know, turned out in their numbers. And then, yeah, just after halftime, uh, Papagenopoulos uh, and Henrik Goitem in the 90th minute. That was the really lovely moment, of course. Goitem, um, you know, grabbing a goal. I think it was his 100th goal and his final goal, of course, for AIK. He's retiring. He becomes one of the team's top scorers. And, uh, you know, legend of the club that we talked about last week, the retiring hero. But uh, it just wasn't enough for AIK in the end. And I think if you look at it over the course of the season, I think to, if you'd have said to them at the beginning of this season, you'd lose the title. You, if you'd said to them at the beginning of the season, you'd, 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 you'd end up level on points with Malmo. I think they would have been absolutely delighted at that. But obviously, within the context of it, if you say to them, you know, you're going to lose the title on goal difference, it's a, it's a, it's a sickening one. But, you, you know, the, the one thing I would say about AIK, you just got to remember how far they've come. You know, that this was a team last season that was a total in total chaos uh, when Rickard Norling left. And there was even thoughts that maybe they might get relegated at one point. Uh, they were that bad. And, you know, you've got to give massive credit to Bartosz Grzlach. He's come in, he, he turned things around last season. They, they had a much better run of form um, in the second half of last season. And they've just got better and better this season and, and you know, managed to um, put in a title run. Had a really good spell in August. Uh, July and August went in a long period of unbeaten games. But really, when you look at it, if you just look at the two two games I would point out and say it was really difficult for them, uh, Hampstead away, they lost, obviously, uh, in November, and obviously Malmo away. Um, that game could have gone either way, I think, in that game, really. It was a kind of a game where they just didn't show enough. Um, if they'd have even got a point from that game, they'd be champions. Even if, and even if they got a point from Hampstead, they'd be champions. So you can also look at Degger 4s away. I think that was a poor game to lose. 
you know, you're losing to Hampstead, Degafors, both of them in relegation playoffs. I think that's, that's kind of where they've lost it, really. A point in any of those games, they'd have been champions. But, you know, to summarise it all, you can't you can't really knock AIK because, uh, as I said, Grizzlak's put in a really good um, showing with his team. He's, he's re-blended the squad. They didn't spend a huge amount of money or anything like that to turn the squad around. He's, it's mainly been good coaching. And I think they can take credit from this season, even though it is going to sting a little bit losing it in, in this way. Yeah, just to confirm the final league positions, actually, Malmo first on 59 points, uh, AIK also 59 points. The goal difference, I think, was at the bells about a 10 difference between Malmo and AIK, something like that anyway. Um, Jorgan on 57 points in third, Elsborg 55, and Hammerby in fifth on 53 points. So six points separating the top five, pretty damn close. I actually sense there wasn't that much disappointment with AIK. I think maybe it's because they've... Done, they finished the season so well with four straight wins. They were never really in control of the title race or anything like that. I think they were delighted that Goitom scored late on. And I think they were ecstatic they finished above Diff as well. I think that was... I think you could almost sense around the stadium when they felt went 2-0 down. Forget the title. We're going we're gonna, to... Jorgan are going to finish above us. They did not want that at all. And um, they, come, they come back well. But, I mean, obviously, the title was in Malmo's hands. And, and there's two matches intertwined here, really. Malmo, Halmstad, and then uh, Osterstrom's Degafor with Halmstad needing to um, just match uh, Degafor's results. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, over the course of the season, I think Halmstad, I mean, they've not been a great entertaining side, have they? I can't knock them in this fixture for the tactics. It was the best way to go about it, try and get for straight Malmo, keep it tight, and then you never know later on, see what the, the, the state of play is and maybe go for it. Um, Malmo themselves, um, do you think they had good control on this game? Uh, are we a little bit sort of disappointed by them? You mean in this game or in... in this particular game? Yeah, yeah. Do you think they got the right approach? Because I think it felt at times to me like they were just very passive, and then it did get to a stage where like, hold on, we better push for this and get a goal. And they couldn't get it. Well, yeah, like, I mean, that was what I thought was a bit of a weird thing about this uh, about this end to the season. It was kind of like, you know, there was a point there was a point during the matches where you knew that both teams could play nil nil and and they'd get what they wanted, and you know, you had the feeling of kind of like a, what they call it in Italy, I think. They call it a biscotti or something like that, where you know biscotti, where they, you know, they basically agreed to just play out a draw, and it kind of looked at one point that maybe that's what's going to happen, um, you know. But then obviously the goal, you know, Hamstad knew that if Degafors scored, then they need they need to win. But they, you know, winning. I, I, let's be honest, winning was never really on the cards for Hamstad. They're they're a, they're a team that likes drawing games. <laughs> they're a team that li- likes not conceding. I think I, I liked your tweet about it, saying you know you really hope they go down. <laughs> they go down. I, I'm the opposite. I love Hamstad. I think that. Um, in, I know it's kind of like, I was going to say they've been a breath of fresh air to the league, but probably they've been a breath of fresh zeros, I think. It's like Apollo's, you know, zero, zero, zero. But, um, you know, I think they, I've enjoyed having them. I don't know what it is about them. I just quite, I've quite enjoyed that just determination to be just so rigid and kind of boring. Um, I've quite enjoyed it. And I think, you know, it's the art of defending. You've got, you've got to admire the art of defending in a way. Like to, to, to be able to go to these teams and get clean sheets consistently. I've really liked the way Hamstad have kind of done things. Um, let's see how that translates because the, the, the irony is in a relegation playoff, how do you, you know, you can't play out two nil nils, can you? Because then you, you, you've got penalties maybe. So they've got to approach it in some way, in a positive way. So we'll learn a lot about them, I think, in that playoff. Uh, in terms of Malmo, yeah, of course, you know, this is what I think they're, um, you know, Th- Thomason was was happy. He's come out afterwards and said he loves being at the club and, you know, he, you know he's delighted. You know, listen. There's two. There's two sides to this story. There's number one. I didn't think they approached the game very well. I didn't think they played very well. 
Um, I think there's been a lot of players in the last few weeks that have un- underperformed. Uh, players like Berman Savic, I think, I think he got taken off in this game midway through the second half and kind of looked, didn't look that happy. And, you know, he, I've expected a lot more from Malmo in this last part of the season, to be honest. Uh, they, they, they haven't really, you know, was it to do with Champions League maybe? And it's just taken it out of them. Obviously, they've got still a game this week in the Champions League. Um, I think it's against Juventus. Is, did that maybe take it out of them? But, okay, they've only lost one game since October against Mialbi at home. But draws with Warburg, draw with Hacken, draw with Halmstad, you know, I just I just haven't been massively convinced with them really after that amazing run, um, you know, to get to the Champions League group stages, where, you know, where they were so good. Um, I think they won't have gone to the board a little bit since then. Obviously, if you look at, you can go further back in September, you know, um, draws with North Shopping, draws with Eurogarden, just kind of not really been hugely convincing. Even the games they've won, you know, kind of 3-2 late on against Sirius, last-minute winner, you know, which has basically won them the title from from Cholak. Uh, they were 2-1 down in that game, of course, two games, two goals in fifteen last 15 minutes. Even the AIK game, they won 1-0. It was kind of like, a, it was a decent goal, but they weren't massively better than the AIK. I thought they were, they were, you know, they're just, they're just, they're a sol- very solid team, aren't they? But they're not, they haven't been spectacular this season, I don't think, under, under Thomason. And, and the, you know, I mentioned there's two sides to this. The other side of this is, you know, great, they've won the title. And, you know, we can talk about the scenes at the end when the, the players, the, the fans rushed the pitch. It was incredible. I don't know if you've seen it, but the uh, the absolute rush they did when they when they went final whistle. And I think I think some of the Hamstar players were scared. They started running for their running for their lives. It was like something out of Game of Thrones or something, or Jumanji or something like that. You know, the way they were running off, you know, because they were, you know, you had like thousands of people running straight towards them on the pitch. It looked, you know, I, I enjoyed the scenes and they kind of went viral, didn't I? I think Sport Bible picked it up and all these kind of, you know, viral Twitter accounts picked it up, which yeah, they rarely pick up much Swedish football. But um, but watching, I was kind of a bit worried in a way. I was like, this is a serious rush, <laughs> um, stampede type thing. But uh, yeah, the other side of it, as I said, is is that I think when the dust settles and they celebrate this this win, I think they will look at it and say, what next? Because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of pressure on Yonda Thomason at the end of the season. I just don't think they've really done enough. There's been little rumblings behind the scenes of maybe managerial changes potentially. Um, you know, even even Thomason himself said he wasn't. He, they didn't play well, and he was very nervous during the match. So he's kind of accepted it himself. Um, so I think that the, the the headline is that this is a fantastic title win. Obviously, Malmo back to back champions now. But I think behind the scenes there'll be a kind of like, why haven't we won this by more points? You know, why has it been? so tense why did we not even be able to beat Halmstad on the final day and then I think there'll be a conversation as like is is Thomason the man to take us forward in the long term for this club because one final point on that Steve you know we 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 had their new chief scout on the show recently of course um Robin Astahead you can go back and listen to that interview and uh, the Varnama manager who's, who's moving to Malmo they've brought back Andreas Georgsen from uh from Arsenal you know there's there's a lot of boardroom changes behind the scenes going on they're revamping stuff behind the scenes to really try and go again and I just wonder if they're going to maybe look around and say, is this the man we want to bank all our chips on for next season and seasons to come? So, um, but yeah, ultimately, I don't want to end it on a negative because they're champions and they've been incredible. They've got the best players. You know, they've, they've got the best manager, you can say, you know, winning two two in a row, you can't knock him, you know. So you've got to give credit to them. But I do think there'll be little rumblings after this regardless. Yeah, the the league table doesn't lie. Um, champions uh, are champions, and the best team you know, win the league. But um, I've got to be honest; I don't. They didn't. I don't think they're that good a team. 
you know, uh, across the, 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 the face of the season. But I do expect them next season with probably better backroom uh, staff organisation. They've got decent money from the Champions League. I'd be surprised if they're not pushing the 70-point mark next season, to be honest, Jonathan. Um, you know, just based on sheer resource, I don't see anyone getting near them, to be honest, even if Thomason is in charge. Um, but, uh, you know, they've got the, they did what they have to do here. And let's focus on the other side of the coin here for, for Halmstad, because I, I actually think Degerfors played a bit of a blinder, you know, in Ostersunds. They... I mean, I don't know how they didn't score in the first 86 minutes or whatever it was. They they created enough chances. Like, they just, they were panicking. They were clutching at, at chances. And in the end, they, they gambled so much that probably Osserson should have scored. Uh, a better side would have punished them. But then they got the goal with four minutes to go, which is always, always like the perfect time, isn't it? Because Armstead just had no time to react. I mean, it's doubtful whether they would have been able to win anyway, Armstead. But it didn't give them any time, did it? And Degaforge... I don't know whether the stars have aligned a bit the last couple of weeks with those two wins, but it just felt like he fell their way perfectly, you know. Well, ultimately, I mean, just want to I just want to round off on um, on uh, Malmo. I mean, Thomason himself came out and said, if if we weren't in Europe, we would have won the league two months ago. So he's already kind of not got his excuses in, but, you know, he's already kind of made the point that Europe, Europe has slowed them down a bit, which maybe you can argue, you know, maybe that's right. You know, it's, it's rare that Swedish teams get to the group stages, you know, you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, it's a different schedule. It's not easy for teams like that. You're playing high level opposition, you know, running a lot, probably you don't have much of the ball against the likes of Chelsea, Juventus. So maybe you can argue that, but, you know, at the end of the day, Malmo want to be in the Champions League group stage every season. So they, they're going to have to figure a way out of doing that because, you know, ultimately they want to be in those group stages every year. So it's not really a great set of excuses. Um, but at the same time, you could, you know, you can you can understand it in a way, and 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 they've got the job done by the skin of their teeth. If you talk about Degafors, yeah, Degafors, um, I mean, they couldn't have had a, it couldn't, to be honest, I, I got to say, the schedule couldn't have been more fortunate for Degafors in terms of the final day of the season. You know, if you looked at it at the beginning of the season and you looked at the final game and you, you thought, you know, if you need to win this game to stay up, would you take it? Degafors away to a team that has completely gone. The, the, you know, Ostersunds have been finished for weeks. Uh, I think they've lost what five in a row. Um, they've only had two draws since September. Apart from that, every other game's been a defeat. Uh, not one since September either. They they were completely finished by this point. Um, they were on the end of their tether. I saw them against EF Koyotobog, and they were you know they were just they're just waiting for the season to end. It's all gone terribly wrong there. Um, although I did learn this week that Daniel Shimbo has been acquitted. I think in a court. So. Might talk about that later because I don't have the full details, but um, I read a headline saying that, you know, he's kind of uh, had a, 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 a ruling going in his favour. But, you know, also soon as the Chief Scouts also just left Adil Kizil. So they're, they're just, you know, the manager's leaving. I think everything's just falling apart. So Degafors, I couldn't have asked for an easier game. Even I watched some of the game during in play and it was like the tempo was really low, you know. Osterson just didn't have anything to play for at all, really. There wasn't, you know. There was nothing really there. You couldn't have asked for an easier game. And, and comp- contrast that to Hamstad. You know, if Malmo were out of the title race, you could say, okay, maybe they can go there and get a win. But you, you know, when Malmo need to get a result to win, if Malmo had won a title two months ago, you know, maybe they rotate the squad and it actually makes it easier for Hamstad. Maybe they'd have got got a win. But the fact they had to get a result, you know, that makes it just there's nowhere harder to go than Malmo if you need a result. So um, I felt for Hamstad in a way, but you know, that's that's the way it goes. And and yeah, Degafors ended up getting the job done. You know, really for me, Degafors, uh, this all hinged on the game against Dorshopik. You know, the week before they were incredible in that match. 
you know, on the back of four straight defeats. And when they lost at home to Hammer before one, uh, two weeks prior, you know, you thought, oh, this is looking rough for them, you know, after losing four games in a row. That that North Shopping game probably just gave them the confidence because they absolutely destroyed North Shopping in that game. And I think that's probably just helped them over the line. And then, you know, they're probably, it's probably just given them that mental feeling of getting that three points, you know, just one more push. And they've been able to do it. So, yeah, you know, fair play to them. I, listen, I, I like what I've seen from Degafors this season. I, I think I had them in pre-season. As a, I, think they, I think I thought they'd go down. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they, they've, they've shown some innovation. Yeah, I thought they'd be bottom. I think that was my prediction. So uh, I did actually get Hamstad relegation playoff correct. So I'm happy about that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Degafors have shown a little bit this season. You know, they've had a really good striker in Edvardson, you know, second top scorer in the league. He, he'll get a move this uh, this winter, I'm sure, to a bigger club. There's already talks about that. And uh, all in all, that's probably just been the difference. They've had a, you know, a goal scorer, whereas the likes of Oribro, Ostersunds, uh, Halmstad just haven't quite had that ability, really. And tactically, they've been flexible and, and uh, you know, fair play to them. They're going to be in Osvenskan mm. in 2022. I've watched quite a bit of Degenfors this year and a fair bit of Halmstad, actually. Um, and I've got to be honest, I, I, I prefer the, the way that Degenfors go about football. They've, they've given it a go. They've lost 16 games of football, but they've only drawn four times. And I've said many times in various aspects of football, draws don't really do you that much good in the long run. Um, Holmstad obviously set out their stall this year. They've had they've had plan A and that's it. They have no plan B or plan C. Mm. Every single match, no matter who they're playing against, and you've got to give them credit for knuckling down against some of these big teams. And they've took a lot of good points off these big teams. But it's the same strategy against anyone in the bottom half as well. And I think that's what's probably cost them. I, I think they are unlucky, by the way, to finish on 32 points and not be automatically safe. That will not happen very often. In a normal season, that would be enough to keep you up automatically, I think. Just. That, that's a bit harsh on them. But if they do go down in the play, I think you've got to look back on some of these games that they could have perhaps gambled a bit more on against teams around them. Um, but, I mean, it's, they're unbelievable. They're an unbelievable statistical side, Amstad. 21 goals scored is the least in the league. 26 conceded is the second best defensive record. They've had 25 out of 30 games and under 2.5 goals. I've covered French football for decade, for over a decade. And even I've never known a team as, as low scoring as them. <laughs> I mean, their home record for, for unders, they've had 14 out of 15 games at home ended under 2.5 goals. An average of 1.3 goals per game. I mean, they've not exactly entertained their fans, have they? Um, and it's crazy. <laughs> they would unbelievable. I've never known anything like it. I mean, it's just it's sensational, isn't it? In a lot of ways. Well, one thing I will say, though, one thing I will say, Matt, Steve, is that, you know, um, you know, we've got a Wisecout blog out this month on on Hacken, uh, which you can look out for. And just you know, according to Wisecout data, Hamstad are actually in the top ten for goal xg, uh, forty four xg, uh, twenty one goals scored. So when you really look at it for next season, you know that I mean that's got to even itself. That's out. ridiculous. That's you know that's unbelievable. Uh, so you know they actually got much higher XG than Degafors, which is 30, you know thirty eight. Um, so when you look at the fundamentals, that's that's what I mean about Hamstad. I, I, I actually don't think they're that bad a team, and I really like the I really like how their defensive shape is. If they can maybe get a good goal scorer, if they can sort one or two little pieces out and survive, I think they've got the makings of a decent team next season. You know, but this you know the challenge is can they can they change that XG? Because yeah, they've got a better better XG than EF Core, better than Malby, better than Kalmar. Better than Sirius, better than Varberg, better than Degafors. So, you know, it's not not terrible. Um, you know, their XG is only two goals less than Elsborg. But ultimately, 
21 goals is incredible, isn't it? 20 goal difference. Have they just been, maybe they've just been really unlucky or maybe they've missed a lot of penalties. That does seem, um, I've never known anything like that either, to be honest. They're, <laughs> they're breaking boundaries, aren't they? Alshad? I mean, they, I mean, one thing I'll say is, look, look, good luck to both teams in this playoff, Helsingborg. I mean, I hope, I actually hope Helsingborg go up because I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for them, I must say. That's one of the other reasons that I would sort of prefer Helmstad to go down. But if they, if Helmstad do stay up, I would be interested to see if they can sort of build on this season and improve those goal-scoring statistics, because that would show progress. They've been unlucky, like I said, in terms of the points. It sounds like they've really been unlucky with XG as well. So, you know, maybe I'm a little bit harsh on them, but they're an incredible case, almost a unique case uh, that's the thing steve I, I love teams where you know what i don't like is teams where there's just nothing to say about them you know you i know i saw your tweet and you were like you know you don't like them and you want them out of it but for me hamstad it's like th- there's something to talk about with hamstad there's, it's incredible what they've done you know 14 draws um there's always something to t- i mean i know it's not exactly entertaining i wouldn't want like i said before i wouldn't want to get a season to get there but you know they're, they're like you said they are a curious case and you don't get that often you know when if you compare them to someone like Sirius, for example you know, we've not really talked much about Sirius this season. You know, they've, they've not, they've probably done more. They've scored, you know, what, 18 more goals, but just not, they just haven't really been on our radar. Whereas Halmstad, they've got a defined style, you know, they're committed to their way of playing. Uh, they're quite innovative in, in that in that way. That they're, they're unforgiving. They've given a lot of challenges to the bigger teams. You know, they've got some really good results this season in their credit. I've got to say, I mean, Helsingborg, they are quite a big club. But if we see Halmstad in the league next season, I, I wouldn't be unhappy. You know, I I like what I've seen from Halmstad, I've got to be honest. And, uh, you know, f- fair play to them. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big challenge against Helsingborg because they're, they're quite a uh, big club. And one thing I'd say about Helsingborg, they've got a good striker. So I think that Halmstad's defence is going to have to be really solid again, which, you know, let's face it, they're back-to-back nil-nils. Why not? Yeah, the first leg is on the 11th of December. The second leg is on the 14th. I mean, just look at the bookmakers' odds here. Almstad are actually even money favourites to win the away match. So the bookmakers are not daft, are they? They must surely rate Halmstad as a much better side than Helsingborg there. Um, I'm surprised by those odds, actually. But um be interested to see how those two playoff matches go. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, it's a big impact on this particular podcast, isn't it? Because whoever goes down, we won't really be talking about them for a year, will we? So, uh, yeah, I mean... Have you got yeah, one, one final thing on that before we move on. Uh, just going back to the title race, um, you know, we talk about Malmo and AIK. If Eurogarden had beaten Varberg last week, they'd be champions. Mm. I mean, that just tells you the fine margins we had this season. You know, we look at them as we not even mentioned them on this show, but I mean, that's how close it was literally home to Varberg boys. And if they won that game, they'd be champions. I, I must say, uh, I'll give credit to Jurga and Elfsborg and Hammerby for doing a very professional job in the final round. They were, all, they were battling for, you know, between second to fifth. And that's important because, you know, European spots were, were at stake there. That's really important. Fourth place, Elfsborg. If someone wins the Swedish Cup in the top three and it's not them, they're going to be in Europe next season. That's a big thing. So, you know, fair play to, for Jurga and they ground out a good 1-0, didn't they, at uh, Hecken. I mean, look, we'll have an end-of-season podcast where we review each league. And, you know, that is where we probably will go into a bit more detail with some of these sides. Every side will get talked about in some capacity. But, um, yeah, there were very, very small margins in, in that title, in that battle for the top five. There were very small margins in this battle for the playoff position. We had two very, very poor teams this year at the bottom two. I don't think we'll have that too often 
in future. Like the two shocking sides in terms of results. You know, I would imagine a more competitive league next year, and it can be get a lot more closer. You know, overall there. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, just uh, there's a couple of other things I want to talk about here. Going into the Super N, uh, there's been a shock relegation, I do believe, Jonathan. Uh, do you want to tell us about this? Yeah, this really, um, you know, Malmo have won the title now 25 times. And, you know, just been sort of, you know, you dig around, you know, this is the, they're, the, they're the most successful club now in, in terms of what they already were, but, you know, the most successful team in terms of offense can wins and that kind of thing. And uh, you look around at the bigger clubs in, in the league and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, when you do that, you know, I've looked at, I looked at, been looking at the historic table, who, who's won the league most, that kind of thing. First ever winners was Swedish Championship. Well, this is according to Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's exactly accurate, but 1924 25 champions, guys. 1927 champions, guys. 1930 champions, guys. 1954 champions, guys. Uh, not much after that, I'll be honest. But uh, <laughs> the point I'm making here is yeah, guys have been relegated to the third division now. Uh, we did this. We've done this on previous shows. We talked about the most successful clubs and that kind of thing. They are the most. They are the eighth most successful club in Swedish football history, guys. Uh, in terms of medals won and you know gold medal placings, silver medal placings, that kind of thing. Um, behind Elfsborg, Jurgården, Helsingborg, AIK, Norrköping, IFK, Göteborg, and Malmo. And they've just been relegated to the third tier. They've lost a playoff relegation playoff against Dalkurd. Now, you know. I think I mentioned this on Twitter and I said, this is to me, this is, this is, to me, this is stunning. I mean, obviously I, I've lived in Gothenburg. So, you know, Gothenburg is the second most successful city in, uh, in Sweden in terms of titles won, you know, above Stockholm, by the way, 15 titles in Stockholm, 19 titles in, in Gothenburg. Okay. Granted, EFC are 13 of them, but guys, guys have got four of them more than, more than Hammerby who have won. You know, so we're talking about a quite a big club here, in my opinion. Um, some might not agree. And by the way, Halmstad have four titles as well. So, you know, historically they've, they've been a big club, but at, um, yeah, they've been relegated uh, and they will play third division football next season, which is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, incredible. It really is. Um, they've had a, they've had rough times. You know, I've said it a few times on this podcast. Is we've got two we've got two teams in, in the second division from Gothenburg in Orgrit and um, EF Core that I, I consider quite, quite big, quite big clubs. Um, so. EF Core, EF Core, not in the so, Super yeah, sorry, of course. I mean, in the second division, though. Orgrita and guys being in the second division. Oh, yeah, yeah. So for guys to go down to the third division is just, as far as I'm concerned, unthinkable. So especially to a team like Dalka, don't forget, remember when Dalka were in the uh, in the uh, Osvenskan a couple of years ago, Steve? They, they were averaging attendances of like 500. Or I, think, I think there was one game that had 120 fans in an Osvenskan game. So, you know, really small club. Um, but yeah, guy, guys are down and they will play in, in the third tier. So it's a, it's a really... Um, it's a really, they're in a really dark place at the moment, guys. And uh, yeah, that's just a noteworthy one. And the, the other thing I just mentioned on that, congratulations to Skovda, because they've been promoted to the Super Retin as well. They knocked, uh, they've knocked uh, Acropolis out. And uh, so, yeah, some changes in the Super Retin next season. Uh, we've got some managerial changes to talk about, which um, yeah, this might well impact to Norway as well. But to the likes of Anders Torsenson, Milos, Milosevic, Milosevic, is it? To Hammerby, it's going to be, I'm going to have to be, uh, cracking up on that um, pronunciation next season, aren't I? Yeah, it's looking like, um, well, 
I mean, I think what we'll do next week, uh, just for listeners who might be wondering, I think next week we'll look at, because, for example, there's been an Ausfence kind of awards tonight as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of end-of-season awards, that kind of thing. You know, we, we'll have an overview of, like, who've been the best players, you know, uh, young players, that kind of thing. And, and this is the time of the season now, isn't it, when the season ends? There's loads of rumours going on. There's already loads of news to talk about, to be honest. Um, players leaving, players moving, players getting rumours and stuff, managers. So there's a lot. there's going to be a lot to talk about next week, I think. But uh, we'll do that next week, I think, because you know we, we need to wrap it up maybe and move on to part two. But the one little bit of news that I think is is, uh, is very um, relevant is that uh, it looks like Milos, as you said, Milo, Milievich, um, who obviously won the Swedish Cup with uh, with uh, Hammarby this season, looks like he's uh, he's off, and it's looking like a move to Rosenborg. So it's looking like I mean it'll probably be done by the time you listen to this podcast or or there or thereabouts. I think there was a picture of him taken in in Norway, so looks like probably quite close although at the moment Rosenborg sporting director who by the way is uh is quite enjoys the Swedish market um he said no comment on it but I think by the time we by the time you listen to this it'll probably be done so he'll be at Rosenborg I'm not I'm not entirely sure about that so uh jury's out for me on this manager I think he's done some good things at Hammerby but I think with Hammerby in general uh, I'm never that positive about them I think they're a bit neither here nor there so we'll talk about that again in the future. 39-year-old manager obviously took over from Stefan Billborn in the summer, uh, led them to fifth place. But um, yeah, he looks like he'll be off. And, and one other th- rumour doing the rounds before we wrap up this show. Uh, well, number one, Kirtil Knutsen turned down Rosenborg. Uh, and number two, Kirtil Knutsen is rumoured to be on the way to Malmo. Now, if that was to happen, that could be a big, big change to Osvenska next season. So keep an eye on that space, the, the famous Buddha Glimp coach. Um, could be on his way to Sweden. Who knows? Yeah, he turned down apparently record pay um, in, in Norwegian uh, managerial terms. To I mean, Rusevog had been trying to get him for about a year or two anyway, but I think he's um, he's got his sights set on something a bit more bigger than them. Before we end part one, we've got to talk about our Svenskan fantasy, haven't we, Jonathan? Um, it was a, a very tight battle between myself and you in the uh, in the NFP table. Um, I finished 41st overall. You finished 42nd overall. Just a nine-point gap between us. Miles off the top, I must say. Uh, we must give our congratulations to the Rat Pack again at Norwich for winning. Uh, he was actually top 10 overall in the whole competition. It'd be 2016 points. And he finished above Philip Christensen, who was close behind him, actually, 2005 points. The top five rounded off by James Donnelly. Marcus Nielsen has the great name FC Bonk. And the freak show, uh, Gerardo Lopez Lozada. So, uh, thank you everyone for uh, participating in the in the NFP Arsvenskan uh, Fantasy League. Personally, delighted with my performance. I've been better in Sweden this year than, than the Elite Serbian Fantasy. I don't really know why. I think I prefer the point system actually in Sweden. It's weird. You tend to get more points, especially for defenders. Um, but um, a, a very good uh, competition, Jonathan. Yeah, I'm still. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm still, still getting over it. Absolutely gutting losing to losing the fantasy to Steve by what is it? What to, nine points? Nine points. I mean, I had ten points on my bench with a move. So if I, you know, nearly just nearly. But uh, we talked about this before the before the show. You know, uh, I lost it in the summer. To be honest, when uh, I forgot to change my team, some transfers out, Akumu players like that, I left my team. And ultimately, if you're not on it all season, it's a it's a sprint, not a marathon, isn't it? I'm probably here like a. I don't know what am I. I'm probably like a 
trying to think of a football. I, team I felt that. like Newcastle United in the nineties. No, yeah, well, no, Being yeah, yeah, you, yeah entertaining, you. but you always you got you always got a part of the season where you lose, you take your eye off it. Maybe I'm like Malmo, you know, took the eye off it during Europe, you know, and then tried to recover it or Eurogarden. But uh, yeah, nah, that's guiding to be honest. I saw once I saw you had Stefanelli in your team on the last day. I had my double chips. I had my strikers double points, and I, I thought I was going to nick it on the final day with Stefanelli. But once I saw he was in your team, I knew, I knew it was toast. So the game was over, and I just ran out of ran out of points, ran out of games. Eighty six points. I was, I was happy with that. But um, yeah, I think I think if I had had one more round this season, I would have caught you. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, listen, I'll come for you next season. It'll keep it'll keep the exciting thing, and it's nice to be forty first and forty second. I think that's quite a nice touch. For the the two two uh, two lads on this show, and and um, before we do wrap up, I want to sort of say well done, by the way, to Neil Baxter, a friend of the pod, in thirty first. Uh, Neeps versus Swedes is always in it, and these came 29th. A um, couple of names always we always keep an eye out for. FPL Oakwell finished 19th, fair play to him, Robert Barlow. And uh, yeah, a few others, Heskibo in 12th. And of course, uh, as you've mentioned there, you know, the, the winners, you, you gave them a shout out on Twitter, didn't you, Steve? Yeah, honestly, fair play to I mean, you know, a lot of these people when they first started doing the fantasy in, in Norway, Sweden, they were nowhere, and they've come and they've really done well. And I, I tip my hat off to you. Um, you know, I've, my tail's up now. I feel like I need to be looking up rather than down. You know, Norwich, I'm coming for you next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get a bit giddy now, actually. I'm trying to get a bit giddy. This no, is big I, talk. no, I can't be. No, I, I can't be. No, I won't be that high up. But I need to, you know, you're coming on my back. I need to improve. I need to raise my game even more. But it's, it's a good little competition. And, um, you know, I'm looking at some good names. Pat Scout, people like that. Neil Baxter. FPL Oakwell, you know, well done. And 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 we'll settle the league up next season. Hopefully we can get even more in. You know, I, don't, I think we've got well over probably nearly 200 in this league, is it? No, over sorry, over 100 now. And, you know, this was something that was quite small when it started. So, uh, yeah, Fantasy House Fantasy is a different point system to like your regular um, fantasy games like Premier League and stuff. So I quite like the little bit of the, the little twist they've got. And, you know, the chip, they've still got the part of the bush chip, which is a hell of a thing, isn't it? You got five captains in one one game day. If you can go massive, or you can completely balls it up. So yeah, really good game. Our friends can fantasy. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I mean, um, <clears throat> next season I've got to try and be more consistent. That's that's the key, really. I can't believe I've, I've let you beat me. It's just unbelievable. But I think next year maybe I'll maybe I'll try and take Norway more seriously because that is always hopeless for me. I don't even check my team. But yeah, no thanks to everyone who's joined. I mean, if we can get more than hundred next season again, then you know I'll be pretty happy with that. Shall we name the bottom place? I don't think I will, but uh, you know we've had 110 people in the league this season, and, and that's a, that's a decent effort, I think, to be honest. So, um, and by the way, if uh, if Wasson is listening, Oscar Holt and Kalmar, you, you're in the relegation zone, my friend. So, um, I don't know how many Kalmar players you had, but uh, <laughs> you, you, you finished in the relegation zone in this in this season. But yeah, 110 yeah, can't be right because Kalmar had such a good year. He's going to surely have three Kalmar players every week. Yeah, it's, it's, it says a lot though that we got 110, and you know, let's see if we can get a few more next season because um, the league seems to be growing. There's a lot more interest. The podcast's been very popular this year. So, th- thank you to everyone who's listened to us and covered um, our coverage of Sweden this season. I hope we've done all Svenskan proud, and I hope you've enjoyed um, our coverage of the race. And uh, of course, maybe next week we'll we'll sort of do a bit of a more general overview. So if you've got questions, send them into uh, uh, on Twitter at Nordic Football, mm-hmm. or you can email us nordicfootballpod at gmail.com. And of course, you know, ask any questions you've got, and you know, maybe um, we'll we'll sort of wrap it up with a bit more of an analytical look at the league and you know the top scorers, things like that. So uh, I think that's about it for part one. But mm-hmm. congratulations to MFF champions again. Yes, um, 
fear not, there will be a uh, Nash Svenskan season review uh, before Christmas. Um, so watch out for that uh, episode uh, at some point in the next week or two. But yeah, uh, that's it for this particular uh, section. Uh, join us after the break because there was low, the Elite Serien was bonkers. Generally, the penultimate round of Al Svenska, uh, Elite Serien was bonkers um, at the weekend. And we look forward to the final round there in Norway. So join us after the break. Welcome to part two of this episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. And we're heading off over to Norway now. And uh, you're a little bit behind us, aren't you, in Sweden uh, there, Steve? You're one round behind. So the season is gearing up for some one hell of a finale, let's be honest. We've got one game left. And uh, I'm not going to... I'll, I'll let you set the scene. But I'm just going to read to you the results from this um, you know, this round of games. And then you can kind of set the scene for us of what's what's what we're looking for ahead of the last round of games. But yeah, the, the most recent run of fixtures uh, we had, let me just get it. We had Budaglimp 2, Brand 2, Molder 3, Lillestrom 3, Sandefjord 3, Christiansen 2, Sarpsborg 0, Tromso 1, Starbeck 1, Rosenborg 3, Strums Godset 0, Haugesson 0, Wallerenga 2, Mjondalen 0, and Viking 3, odd 1. Now, before I ask you about the table and that, Steve, what, for you, what was the standout result from this this, this round of games, the penultimate round of games? Well, the two standout results were obviously Mulder and, and Buda Glimt drawing 3-all and 2-all. You know, I was expecting quite a... I, I wasn't expecting a dramatic day, to be honest, Jonathan. I was expecting regulation stuff, and it turned that into uh, absolutely batshit mental. Yeah, I mean, craziness. Let, let's just let me just recap the table as well. So we got one more game left of the season. We got Buda Glimt on sixty points, plus thirty-one goal difference. We got Molder on fifty-seven points, plus twenty-nine goal difference. So very that could be key that goal difference, by the way, at the end of the season. Um, then you got Viking in third, fifty-four points. So that's looking like you know they've wrapped up third place. In fact, pretty much have. You got Rosenborg in fourth, obviously forty-seven points. So a bit of a we'll talk about them maybe as a bit a bit of a disappointing season for them. Uh, down there in fourth, and you know they could even finish uh, as low as sixth potentially, depending on final games of the season. Uh, and then we look towards the bottom. You've got uh, Odd are safe now, so we know for a fact that one of these three teams will be in the relegation playoff, and two of them will go down. It's going to be one of Starbeck, Bran, Mjondalen. Two of them are going. One of them is going to the relegation playoff. Steve, what are your thoughts? Well. Let's just, let's start at the at the top of the table here, and um, I fully expected Buda Glimt and Molder to win fairly easily, and both should have. Molder probably should have been two or three nil up inside ten minutes, and you know Buda Glimt got an early goal um, from a corner, and by half time, I kid you not, they probably should have been six or seven nil up. Like, I'm not joking either. Um, you know, it was it was it was crazy. So Buda Glimt think, finally got a second goal, sixty seventh minute, and you think. You know, you think that game's done. In the same time, it was going mental in Mulder. Like, Lillestrom went 2-0 up. They were hit the post, should have been 3-0. And Mulder came back. They scored three goals in, like, what, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. And you think, well, they're going to win. And then there was a Thomas Len Olsen uh, free kick late on, which equalised for Lillestrom. At the same time in, in Buda Glimt, 
somehow, I mean, Brand had been massively outplayed all game. They got a goal back from nowhere. So it made sort of a nervous last 10 minutes. Even then, Buda Glimp should have confirmed their lead, got a third goal. And then literally the last kick of the game, and he did this against uh, Sanderfield as well recently, board Finner equalised from a corner. Goalkeeper was up and everything. And uh, there was a flick on, and he got he got a, an incredible point for Brand, which, you know, I, I said last week they've had no luck this year. That They had mass, incredible luck here. If that goal, that could be a massive goal for them, because if they win now, the final game in Starbeck drew, for example, then they would get in the playoff on goal difference. So it was a crazy situation, really, both Mulder and, and Rudiglin, they, they should have both won fairly easily for me in terms of the, the chances missed but you know uh, it turns out yeah Buda Glimp were literally seconds from winning the title you know if they Mulder still probably had about four or five minutes to play after that in fairness who knows what what would have happened maybe Mulder might have gone and won the game then if that had happened but it was a, a mental situation I couldn't believe what I was seeing and um you know it's all on the line for next week yeah I mean I caught some of that Glimp Brown game I've got to be honest um I thought it could have been about five goals in the first half. So some of the chances missed were incredible. Glimt, I've seen a bit of Glimt in the last few weeks and they, they seem to sort of like have a really nice setup, but they just kind of, uh, you know, they, I saw the, I caught some of the Rosenborg game as well, which they didn't win that either. And uh, they, you know, just seem to be sort of stumbling a little bit, don't they? Two, two consecutive, three draws in their last four games, in fact, back-to-back draws. Is that an issue? Because, you know, the game, I, both games, really, to be honest, the Glimt game, uh, sorry, the Brand game and the Rosenborg game, I was watching it and thinking, I mean, they're just opening them up. They're opening them up at will in terms of the, the possession, you know. And you can see like really nice pass and move. And I was thinking, you know, they're going to rip these teams apart, and then they can't even get the win. Does that concern you a little bit, or is that has that been a trend? Because you know, my other reference point was them that six-one when it did come off against Roma. So, you know, what's going on with Glimt at the moment? I mean, they should get the job done, right? But are you a little bit concerned about where they how they've been recently? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, I think this was actually probably one of their best performances of the season in terms of this reminded me more of last year that they were they, they could have run riots and they should have run riots. They hammered Brand Light, I think, 6 0 this fixture last year and it should have been the same. But they haven't been as free flowing this term, Jonathan. They've been nicking games like 1 0, 2 0, 2 1s. And generally, they've not been as, you know, it, it's not been wave after wave of, of attack. They've been quite clinical at times or found a way to win games. This was different. They were just. It was so dominant. It was crazy. But the chances were missed. Pellegrino had a, a shambolic game. I, I, he was terrible. He was wearing this beanie hat. And he, I mean, his fashion sense looked bloody awful on the, on, on the day anyway. And, um, you know, I know it's cold up there, but come on, man up a little bit. And he was missing chance after chance. And I'm not just talking like, I mean, this is huge opportunities. Like one-on-ones, you know, his final decision seems, seemed terrible. A few others were, were quite guilty as well. And you cannot let teams linger in matches, Jonathan, in my opinion. You can't. And, I mean, at 2-0, it should be, that should be enough. But if someone is always going to have a period in the game where they come back into it at some point. And Brand just happened to get that goal back. And then the last 10 minutes, you know, it's one of those nervous, anything can happen, can't it? When there's one goal in the game. It was an improbable draw for Brand, like a miracle draw. I said before this game, they need a miracle. They kind of got one. Whether or not it's going to be enough for them, ultimately, I don't know. But um, look, I'm not, worried. I'm not particularly worried because I think me and down the way, they should dominate that game and they should get the point they need. They're coming into it on the back of a trip to the Ukraine in the Europa Conference League. 
you know, I don't think they're going to be their absolute best. Um, and, you know, they're going to be nervous, aren't they? You know, if, if me and Darling get on top of them physically, you just never know. And um, I can't believe it has gone to the final day of the season, but this is the situation. We're in Mould at the same time. They can probably kick themselves. They didn't win. If they'd won that game, then Buda Glimter can have to go me and Darling actually get the three points. So, in a way, there's regrets from Mulder as well. And their defence let them down. That's been a theme for the season as well. They haven't been defensively secure enough. Yeah, I mean, I can't comment on Pellegrino's fashion sense, although I did find it a bit strange because I, I was thinking with the headwear, what happens if he has to go up for a header? Um, but at the same time, I mean, I can't I can't disagree with you on the chances. Some of the chances he missed, I mean, I, I couldn't believe some of them. He tripped over his own feet at one point. So, uh, yeah, a bit of an off day for him, a bit of an off day for Glimt. Uh, in the meantime... Mulder, late drama. Yeah, like he had a bad game, Pellegrino. He's had a lot of good games in the last two or three years, by the way. I, I feel a little bit harsh singling him out. But look, he's not won a title before. A lot of the other team have. And you can kind of sense that. Maybe he's kind of choked in the moment. Who knows? Mulder, well, this was a great game to watch. I mean, both teams just went for it totally. Um, defensively, Mulder have not been strong this year. And <coughs> excuse me. They conceded 39 goals, which is a lot. They've scored a lot, though, as well. So, you know, this this match contained the two highest scorers in the league, uh, Thomas Len Olsen and Uhi. They've now got 26 goals each. They're both bagged in this game. And one of them, I think, is going to get the golden boot, unless Barisha scores like five in the last game. It was a really good... I mean, Lillestrup have been very good this year. I mean, I'll talk about them in sort of the uh, end-of-season review show. They've been a breath of fresh air. But they came here. They had a go. They could have conceded a few more, but they it was clear what the strategy was. We're gonna be we're gonna have a go at you here, Mulder, and we're gonna try and get a few goals. And it, it served them well. And there was a chance it, it hit the post. If it had gone three nil, I think Lillestrom would have won that game. I really do. But Mulder kind of deserved to come back because there was a barrage of pressure. They created a lot of chance in this game. And it was just a brilliant free kick, actually, um, with like two minutes to go from Thomas Len Olsen. Um, it was a, a beautiful free kick. There's not much anyone can do about that. Uh, that ultimately made it three all. I think the message came through. By the way, this is what annoyed me at um, in the Buddha Glimp game. You got the guy on the speaker and the stadium announcer constantly telling the updates in the scores in the Molder game. It was like when it went three all, he was like, "Oh, there's been a goal at the Aga Stadium. It's three all," and he's like celebratory mood, everything. I didn't like. I didn't like that. I think that puts a lot of pressure on the players. It's like the fans were getting up and like, oh, we're going to win the league. And it's like, it was this constant update of results. And I, I did personally didn't like that. I think it went against the players in Glint. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mulder will look back on this day and they, they might have a regret. Who knows? If they got to 59 points now, suddenly the pressure really is on Glint, isn't it? But as it happens, they just need a point in um, you know, Mulder must beat August underway. They've actually beat August in the last nine head-to-head meetings. I checked this the other day. So I imagine Mulder will get the win that they need. It's just a question of whether Budigan will get the point that they need. Yeah, sounds like a bit like a sort of Norwegian Jeff Stelling or something like that. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, fair. <laughs> fair play to him. I mean, in third place, you mentioned about Viking, and, uh, you know, there's a big battle for fourth, as, as I talked about. Um, firstly, what are your thoughts on Viking? Because that's a decent achievement for them, isn't it? I think, and I think you did t- to do well this season. And, and, and just tell us about the battle for fourth with, with Rosenborg in there. We've already talked about them maybe getting a new manager. I mean, what's you know what's your outlook on that last day of the season, fourth place battle? Sure, I think Sean Constable tweeted something a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, about Viking, saying that no one pre-season fancied them to do anything and they were kind of down on them and they've done really well and they finished third. 
They've almost gone under the radar in third, actually, Jonathan. I think I had them down at, in fifth spot by default, really, just by the sheer quality in the squad. But they've obviously done a lot better than people would have thought. 54 points is, is a very good achievement for them. And they confirmed that with a 3-1 win against Odd. Um, you know, comfortably third. You know, fair play to them. The, the, this is well clear of the likes of Rosenborg, Wallerenga. And, um, you know, that battle for fourth. Rosenborg look like they're going to get it. They should beat Godset. Fourth place would be big because uh, the winner of the Norwegian Cup, um, if it is one of the top three, then Rosenborg would get into Europe. It won't be Rosenborg. They're already knocked out of the Norwegian Cup. So they'll be hoping one of the top three do get to that uh, cup and then they get into Europe again next season if they if they win on the final day. But Lillestrøm or Volarenga could still finish fourth technically, so uh, all to play for there. It's been a very poor year for Rosenborg, even for them. I mean, they've had a few lean years recently, but for them... I mean, if they don't win the game, they're not even going to get 50 points, which is, is terrible. You know, they, they need a massive reset. You can see why they've put all their eggs into, like, the Chesil Knudsen basket and try to lure him there. You know, whether this guy at Hammerby is going to be the answer, I don't know. They definitely need a big reset, though, and a big change. Um, but uh, they, they should still get fourth. But it's it's all to play for with, uh, you know, Lederstrom, Volarenga. Them two would want to finish above each other as well, two big rivals. And it looks like Christiansen. In fact, Christiansen, I think, will be finishing... Uh, six or seventh, they've really gone off the boil in the last 10 games. Yeah, like you said, a big reset. And, you know, Rosenborg, a team we, we haven't talked about a huge amount this season, which I think in a way is almost an indictment on just how poor they've been, really, because they're, you know, they're the biggest team in the league, really. So, yeah, disappointing times for them. So it's going to be, you know, well, let's see what their new manager can do and um, if, if they can wrap up that fourth place. Uh, moving down the bottom, you, you know, we talked about uh, briefly about the, the bottom three teams that could go down, but... Um, Odd survive. Uh, so, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Is that, is that you know, that's a decent achievement for them, isn't it? I think they've been very lucky. I don't, I mean, Odd have had a shockingly poor finish to the season. One win in 14 games. No one really talked about them, but I tell you what, I wouldn't, if they, you know, if some of them teams below had had a bit more about them, like Starbeck, say they'd won, say they beat Rosenborg. I mean, then Starbeck are playing Odd the final game. Odd could easily have got sucked into this relegation playoff position. So I think they've just scraped over the line. I've not been impressed with them at all. And they're in such a bad form. That I, I'm not, I don't think I'd have fancied them in the playoff either, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, very poor season for them. I want to give credit to a couple of teams, Tromso and Sanderfield, who played really well recently to secure their positions in the Elitist area next season. Um, Tromso especially. Well, I think they've hardly lost a game in the last 10. And, you know, we're coming down to this this bottom three battle, Jonathan. Mjerndal on 22 points, Brown 23, Starbeck 25 points. If Starbeck beat Odd, they, they'll be in the playoff. Um, if Brown win, Starbeck draw or lose, then Brown will be in the playoff. And if Mjerndal were to beat Budaglint and uh, Brown were not to win and Starbeck were to not win either, then... Uh, Sorry, Starbeck would have to lose for Mjerndal to get... I mean, there's still a chance Mjerndal could make the playoff. If they if they do that, then, my word, that would be something special. I, I, I really think the odds are against them. But, look, do you believe in destiny, Jonathan? I, that brand goal, there's something about it. I feel like it's really significant for them. I, I'm like... My, my head tells me Starbeck should go to Odd and win. Odd have nothing to play for at all now at all. Starbeck should get the win. But something tells me that that goal last week... For Brand is going to mean something, and um, almost my heart says that Brand are going to get the playoff. 
Yeah, I, got, I mean, as I mentioned, I was watching that Glimp Brand game, and honestly, I thought uh, I switched off before the end. I thought I thought Glimp would, would wrap this up quite comfortably. And uh, as you say, you know, sometimes in the season, you just have these pivotal moments. The two points behind, they've got a better goal difference actually than, than Starbeck. I mean, we've had Starbeck's manager on the show, haven't we, this season? Do you, has he, what's, what's been going on there? Because obviously, they, they, they've been all three teams at the bottom have kind of had periods of the season where you've sort of really worried about them, haven't they? But they've all scrapped about just just about giving them themselves a chance but we are going to lose two of them so you know number one question is who do you think we'll lose and number two is who would you like to survive i i do think me and Dallin will go down and um for them to beat even if they beat buddha glim they're probably not going to stay up because you've got to think one of brown or starbeck will will win their game or you know if starbeck would just need a draw to relegate the men um so I think they will go down. I think even me and Dal would probably admit them that they probably deserve to go down. They just haven't got the resources, the quality. I don't want to knock them in any way because I think they've done incredible to get to the final game, still with a chance of surviving. So I tip my hat there. I think Eric Schoner, Starbeck has, has, has done a good job coming in and you know they were really down there right at the bottom struggling. Um, I think he would like to have done a bit more. I think he'll look at certain games and think, you know what, we could have got a few more points there and they might be in the playoff now. And, you know, Bran, you know, I said last week that I can't believe such a big club look like they're heading down. Um, I mean, they've, dug, they've dug in as well a bit recently. They've scored some late goals this, under uh, Eric Hornerland. So, you know, they've all shown f- plenty of fight, I'll say that much. I've got a gut feeling that Bran are going to go in the playoff. I've just have that goal has to mean something last week. I just, I'm going to say Bran make the playoff, even though logically Starbuck should be odd. And then I think I actually think whoever goes in the playoff, even if it was somehow Mjolnir, I think they will win the playoff because I'm just looking at the teams that are left in that now, um, and it is um, K from Oslo or Yerv. They face off. Whoever wins that match faces the winner of the uh, 14th place, finishing 14th in the Elite Serien. Over two legs, I think it's two legs. Anyway, this year it was one leg last year. But I think it's two. This, I would imagine that surely they will. Whoever the elite Assyrian side should have too much now that now that Frederikstad have been eliminated. Yes, yeah, I mean that's kind of sad in a way because we've had Eric Sheehan on the pod, we've had uh, Mandela manager on the pod, haven't we? Have you got Hansen, is it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, we haven't had anyone from Brand, so yeah. See you later to Brand. I don't really <laughs> care about you lot. <laughs> Uh, pick up your answer your emails and your phone calls if you want to if you want some sympathy from me. But uh, no, I'm joking. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I've got to say both managers endeared me in the interviews we had with them. So uh, I thought Eric Shudder spoke really well about football. Obviously, he talked about how he grew up on Football Manager and kind of turned into a very young manager. And uh, you know, he's got his his ideas. So good luck to him. And obviously, Vigo Hansen, I still remember that episode. I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I still say we I want to get him back on the show if we can. If, uh, if you can never get him back on, Steve, I don't know if you'll, you'll fancy it. But um, yeah, good luck to both of them. And obviously, you know, as you said, Branner, Branner always a well-supported club. And I get the sense that you maybe have a little bit of a soft spot for them um, in terms of staying up. But, uh, you know, you do describe them as the Liverpool of Norway as well. So, you know, part of me is thinking, yeah, goodbye. I, I hope whoever, uh, I hope the elite Assyrian side stays up. I don't want to have to do any extra research on a team like Yerv or Kay from Oslo. Um, and to be honest, neither of them sides particularly endear me too much. Um, nothing against either. But I mean, Yerv were in this playoff a few years ago. Kay for Mosler. I can't imagine either side are going to really add much to the league. No offence. 
uh, if it had been Frederick stat, I would have been totally for Frederick stat coming back up. I have a big soft spot for them. And I'm disappointed they got knocked out on penalties by uh, K from Oslo in the playoff. Um, so I would have loved to have seen them come back, but now that I mean, I've got a, I've got a cheer for probably Starbeck or Brown or would be the playoff. And I, I think whoever does make it in the playoff from the league, seven should should go through over two legs. They're, they're a lot better in terms of the quality, and um, you know that's the way I see it. One more thing before we do finish off, yeah, I want to give my massive congratulations to Sturdles Blink on surviving in the Obosle again. To Tom Dent, who was on this show not too long ago, we had a great interview with him. He has um, torn up trees there to get Sturdles Blink to that survival. He, he had to come through a playoff match. They lost the first leg three-two against Hood, but they won the second leg three-nil. And Tom Dent is a man for the big game. And he uh, proved his pedigree there to keep Blink in the Obosle again. So well done. Well done, Tom. Well done, Sterling's Blink. Yeah, massive congratulations. You know what I'll say about that Blink, the footage from the weekend? I thought they, I didn't think they had that many fans. You know, I saw like flares and people running on the pitch. And like, I saw a lot of social media after that game, you know, kind of people going crazy. And uh, I got to say, I didn't realize they were that well supported. I mean, I don't know if it was just because of that game or, or whatever, but. Yeah, huge, huge achievement. Obviously, saw Tom. Uh, I'm sure he's probably had a bit of a hangover in the last few days. But um, no, ma massive congratulations on that one. Uh, that's a big achievement, I think, isn't it? So uh, yeah, I mean, we've also had him on the show as well. So you know, we've got quite a few friends in Nordic region these days, haven't we, on this podcast? So yeah, no, really well done on that as well. And uh, yeah, we've already talked about the Obos playoffs, so I guess uh, that probably wraps it up for this week. Yeah, we've got this final round to come. You know, the key matches that stand out, obviously, are Mjöndal against Buda Glimt, uh, Mulder away at Augustin, Brann against Sarpsborg, and Starbeck go to odd, really. The other matches don't matter that much. There's that battle for fourth, like I said. But, uh, yeah, I think Brann will win. Brann should beat Sarpsborg at home. Sarpsborg maybe now on the beach a little bit. They had a good run, but last game, nothing at stake. And, um, you know, it comes down on Starbeck, and logically it should be Starbeck that win that game. Like odd have just nothing at stake anymore, and um, but you know they're in because the pressure's on them. They're in that driving seat. They're expected to probably to win. Yeah, you know, will will the pressure get to them? And that extra goal difference of Brand, you know, will be enough. I've got a feeling that 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 Glimt will only just scrape home. Actually, Jonathan, either with a draw or with a very close win, but I do think they will get the title done. Um, I like both teams, but I, I do hope that Budaglin win the league because I don't think they're going to be winning too many leagues going forward. Um, as if Chettle probably leaves the club somewhere within the next year or two, doesn't he, at least. So I think for them to be back up there would be something sensational going forward. Mulder, they're going to be fine. They're going to win plenty of leagues in the next decade. Um, um, and I think Budaglin have just edged it this year because of their better defence, but... Yeah, good luck to both. Good luck to both. I like Mulder a good watch. They're a good watch, you know, from a neutral. You probably get more entertainment watching them than Buda Glint this year, actually, funny enough. But uh, that's my prediction for the final round, Jonathan. I don't know if you'll be tuning in at all here. Um, so uh, so basically, Glint to, to sneak it. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you about that, Glint's National, mm. before we go. And based on what we said in part one, do you think this could be his last league game for the club? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I mean, he's been linked to a lot of places in the last certainly five or six months now. And it just feels like, you know, win the league here again, be a good time to sign off. 
there's not really much more you can achieve at Budaglimt apart from perhaps winning the conference league or something. Um, and I think it probably would be a good time for him to move on, but he's got to find the right club for him. Obviously, Rosenborg, he doesn't feel is the right move for him because he's rejected them on numerous occasions by from what some sources say. Um, he's a hell of a manager. You know, Buda Glimp, they're still a good setup, by the way, Glimp. They're not just going to go from first to like 15th or something. They will themselves bring in a manager that fits their philosophies. They've got a great, a good backroom team in there. That I mean, some might go with Jettel, who knows, but they're still, they'll have a good core up there. They're going to lose players as well, but they've got good recruitment, you know. They're not going to go away, but I think it'd be really hard for them to, you know, challenge for probably titles after Jethel's gone. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this will be his last league match for the club, personally. Yes, and uh, you know, you mentioned there in terms of players and that kind of thing with with Glim, maybe the end of the Knutsal reign potentially his last could be his last league game. We've had some news as well, haven't we? Some transfer news: Frederick Andre Bjorkan is moving to Hertha Berlin. Um, their left back, so that's also a big move for for him. So you know, it's, this could be the final. Mm. This could be the end of the. Of the I mean, I was di- disappointed when I heard that news because he's been linked to Leeds. We need a left back. Junior Furpo is bloody awful. So I would have liked to get Bjorkan in. You'll think he'll go well at Hertha Berlin, actually. Great move. But you know, they're gradually going to lose these players. Patrick Berg, probably Ulrich Saltners might even get a move somewhere good. I mean, but you know, they've got a good conveyor belt. But to replace these big dogs. It, it takes a lot of doing. And, um, you know, I think it's a big day for Buda Glimt. They've got to make sure they get this title because, um, you know, like I say, you don't get many chances to win titles if you're a club like Buda Glimt going for, and, and they've got to snatch it. I think they will. They've got enough about them. Mjöndal and fundamentally, let's be logical, Mjöndal are just not in the same league. But they're fighting for their lives as well. And, you know, suddenly Brown and Starbeck start losing. Who knows? They might become animals and just go play above their level or something. But, I think it's going to be a dramatic final day potentially. Um, I never expected this for the final day. I thought it'd be, I thought most of the stuff would be decided a few weeks ago. I'd have, I'd have thought it's all wrapped up, but yeah, plenty at stake. I'm looking forward to it. Sunday, 4 p.m. UK time. Um, all eight matches start at the same um, same time. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, and, and let's be honest. Um, you know, you, as you said, with, with a team like Glimp, you know, you, you don't want to lose it. When you've been so good over the last few years on the last day, do you, Tomorrow? Because who knows? You know, there might not be too many of these to come. So let's just re- I'll just recap the last few games just for those who the last round of games, just for those I know I know you've already given the key ones, but I'll just wrap through all of them. Sunday, the 12th of December, Brand Salzburg, Haugerson Mulder, Christensen v Valarenga, Lillestrum against Sandefjord, Mjondalen against Glimt, uh, Odd against Starbeck, Rosenborg, Strumsgodset, and Tromso against Viking. So that is a lot tune in if you if you can next week we'll kind of wrap up the season won't we uh, i think steve in a bit more uh, maybe a bit more analytical way so if you've got questions as i said you know we'll know who's we'll know who's on the league by then so we can obviously uh, delve into that as well it's going to be an interesting final day so yeah it sounds like it's going to be really good thanks for tuning in i've quite enjoyed this uh, podcast hope you have as well as i say massive congratulations to uh, malmo and we will see who the champions of norway are this time next week so uh, thanks for yeah. listening yeah, and we will uh, also catch up on Elite Serian Fantasy uh, next week as well. Uh, I've not been doing so well in that, but I think we've got a runaway uh, winner in our league. Um, Emil Magnus Jakobsen called Juvelin uh, United. He's 100 points clear in our league, incredibly. <laughs> so he's absolutely smashed the hell out of it. His overall rank is six 
in, out of anyone in the whole competition. So uh, I think we can fair enough say congratulations to him, unless something goes dramatically wrong final game. But we'll talk about that. We'll have the you know the final round review and also say going forward before Christmas, we always have this a season review for both leagues. So yeah, thanks very much for listening. Stay uh, safe, take care, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone.